Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It feels good to be back, you know, um, especially under different circumstances this time. So big, uh, big weight off my shoulders. Episode 100 of the Schmo Zone podcast. I'm Dave Schmolton, aka the Schmo. My co host is Helen E with Helen E Sports. We have Rage and L. Iaquinta and the champ, the funk master, Aljamain Sterling. I think we just start off right with a toast. That's Happy it. birthday, yeah. Rage and Rage and, and congrats Thank you. to the Thank champ. You. Smooth. Yeah. And the victory tour brings you <laughs> to the Schmo Zone. Yes, it does. Welcome back, my man. Thanks for having us. Um, obviously, things are a lot better under different circumstances this time around so definitely a lot happier with uh the results of the last performance how's the reception now compared to when you had the belt the first time you still gain the same hate um i mean no but there's still some people in there that are still kind of just chirping i'm like you guys are grasping at straws at this point like cry just cry for me give me your tears the fulfillment though it feels complete did you have an incomplete feeling before that's completely satisfied now Yes, and I would just say yes. Short answer, yes. There was a hesitation there. What's the, what's the hesitation? I'm a very complex individual. So, like, I don't know. I think the best way to put it is yes, for, for sure, I guess with Dana putting the belt on me the way that I wanted him to put the belt on me, that's, like, the main difference. Because um, I, I truly did feel like I was the champ beating Corey Sanhagen way back then in 2020 of June, so... Yeah, this way was like I guess formal. So getting it done this way, I guess with the actual belt on the line, I think it just makes some this a little bit more prestigious. But I mean, I felt like I beat the best guy at the right time on the best win streak at the at the best time of the uh, division. You know, so it is what it is. But um, yes or no? Yes or no? But when you say complex, can you kind of elaborate on that? Uh. uh how how can we how can we word Ow. this? <laughs> the guy freaking did it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Complex. That's you got to be a complex person to get to the level that Aljo's at. You know. But uh, but yeah. So these a lot of people I don't think uh, are still giving him the credit. You know what I mean? Even even Dana going out and saying that whatever he said after the fight. Like, dude, how could you score the fight differently for, you know what I mean? A lot of people said the first round, this or that. There's pictures of him in the second round, mounted freaking body lock triangle. With a dead smile. To right. Yeah, like, and yeah. like like this. Like, <laughs> there was no picture of Aljo ever like that in the whole fight. So, you know, 10, if you're going to give the first round 10-9, the second round's got to be 10-8, you know? And and that 10-8 is, there's no way Peter Jan in the fourth round, it, it was just... 
people yeah grasping at straws they can't just admit that they were wrong the whole time you know very few people i think believed in aljo the way aljo believed in him the way like us at the gym saw and uh knew what he was capable of so i think that uh it says it all right there but i give you so much respect and i'm sure you inspire so many people like what al said going into that rematch i mean it seemed like at least you know on twitter i don't know how many like comments people usually read but um just having so many trolls you know constantly like out there so i'm sure it got frustrating but to be able to go in there and have the performance that you did and dominate the rounds that you did i mean it just shows like you know the true underdog story and the true uh belief in yourself and your team and you know having a strong mind yeah i think a lot of people thought i was crazy crazy delusional um acting i think i was called everything under the sun but i'm sitting here like these are the thoughts i had to go to bed with that night you know and i would have to ask myself like are you actually serious about what you're saying or are you being delusional and these people are actually right and you have to kind of it's you and your thoughts you have to go back and check and and i time and time again i had to check myself and go like no dude you're not crazy. You know exactly what you're talking about. You know exactly what you're feeling. Don't let no one try to talk and say things to try to make you feel differently. You know how sometimes you, you weren't there at an event and somebody said, you remember you, we were doing this, and it could kind of like make you trick your own mind to think that you were there when you probably were never even anywhere around just because of how long ago it was. And that's kind of how this was, obviously, with the fight, um, taking shots to the head. Like not everything's going to be the, the most clear so you have to recap based on what you can remember. And what I could recall on was the emotions, the feelings that I was having throughout the day till the fight, after the fight, and that was it. And I had to use that data and go back home and go, okay, what do we need to do? What do we think went wrong? And just try to fix it that way. I mean, 13 months is a long time to have people talking shit to you. So um, – I think most people would have probably cracked under that type of pressure. They're like, oh, stay off of social media. They probably would have deactivated. I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. I think that's one thing about me. I just really don't care what people say. It's like, as long as I think what I think and feel the way I feel, and I'm being honest about it, I can sleep at night and just go about my day. But you're also the rare breed that takes the time to respond to it. Because you do yeah. read a lot of it, you respond to it, you compartmentalize it, and you still tune it out, and you still make your own path. Like, where do you find the balance and why do you find the need to respond to all the hate when you know it's just bullshit to begin with? Well, we were just talking about this. I was like, I told the guys, like, no one's going to bully me off of my phone. Like, (laughs) this is for my personal enjoyment as much as it it is for them to troll and have fun. Like, I want to have fun with my account, too. And um, I think the fans, most of them appreciate that I even interact at all because most fighters and most athletes, they don't, you know. So I for me, I'm just like I look at myself every day when I wake up, a regular person just interacting, having a good time, and, and, and that's really it. So I, I, you're going to have some days where you wake up, you're just going to be like, shit, man, I'm not in the mood for this right now. You just get off. But the other days I'm like, well, say whatever you want. This one way that this is gonna we're going to figure this out, and it's when we get back in that cage with each other. And then it's either I'm going to be right or you guys are going to be miserably wrong. And, again, here we are with them trying to find. They went from Jan by anything to now he won by walking forward and throwing less strikes. Like, that's the argument now. I'm like, dude, you guys sound absolutely crazy. But yeah, tuning it out and being able to stay dialed in, it's not easy, and I think it comes with practice, and uh, we have it's tough his days superpower. in the gym. His superpower is not 
like letting anything I I was getting I was looking at <laughs> the p- things people tweet to and I'm freaking losing I'm like Aljo do it this guy you know and he's just laughing he's like eh, you know just thick I skin think, yeah for 13 months that's cr- you know I think anybody else that's taking a, a real big toll on you but for Aljo he's just you know and they showed that they were showing like in the back room they were showing the the knee and everything all over I'm like these guys are trying to get me like rattled but i'm just like hey man that's in the past today's a new day and i can control what happens with my future based on what i do out there right now and i I even told the guys i told ray i said listen i don't care about winning and losing i just care about having a good performance and if i have a good performance win or lose the people are going to shut up and that's all that matters like life goes on but what gave you the most confidence from that first fight um to have that performance you did in the rematch? I think the first fight, I'm like, if I'm this compromised coming into the fight and I could do that well, I mean, it looked aesthetically ugly. Like, I will say that. I've said that multiple times. But based on the strike count, um, the takedown attempts, um, pushing him against the cage, kind of stifling his movements, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, really compromised. And if I could do this and stay in the fight with you and you're supposed to be the boogeyman of this division, I like my chances going into the rematch. That's That's... I was like, it's either he's going to get significantly better, which he did. I felt like this time he was more prepared from a technical standpoint than he was in the first fight. I don't know if it's because his approach was different. There's so many different variables, but I felt like this one he was way more prepared, and had I showed up the way I should have, I think I would have finished him that first fight. But just the the information I got from that, I go, if this guy doesn't grow and change, then I, I still think I do pretty pretty damn well with him. And you have your other residency here in Las Vegas, and I know for the first fight, you were spending most of that fight preparation here in Las Vegas, but for that rematch, for this past fight, you spent the camp back home in New York. What was the difference being in New York versus being in Vegas, and do you think that played a significant role in this fight? Uh, so for the first one, we spent, like, we, well, I jump-started my camp out in New York, and then I kind of finished in Vegas. I think that was, like, the last three weeks or something like that. And then I did the same thing with this, but I jump-started it in Vegas. And since it was going to be in Florida, it just made sense to finish at home instead of trying to go back and forth, which would have been kind of crazy. Um, for me, I, I think the most po- important part for, for me is just having my actual guys that I work with, you know? So having the guys that I'm in there actually training with, sweating with, bleeding with, like that's very, very important to me in terms of game plan making sure they're giving you the right looks. Because when you go to other gyms, sometimes it's not about helping you. It's about how can they – I'm not saying this about the gyms. I'm just saying when you go to other places, sometimes the training partners could be like that because it's not as much control over the training camp like we have back in uh, New York. So I've, I find it a lot better to, to have that. Like when we came to Vegas, I had to bring out about four people. Which is good, though. You know, so as long as I have my team, I, I feel comfortable, and I think that's the, the most important part. Like, I could be training in a, in Al's garage, getting ready for Corey Sanhagen, training in the PI, training in Extreme, training in Long Island. As long as I have my, my core group of guys that, you know, I trust and we have, a good, like, a great relationship with, I, I think my mind is strong enough to, to do well no matter where we're training at. Speaking of Twitter, what we were talking about earlier, now it looks like literally everybody's calling you out. From obviously TJ Dillashaw, Jose Aldo, I saw him tweet. Even what Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz, yeah, everybody's gunning for wait, you. Wait, Cruz called me out. Cruz, he didn't necessarily call you out, but we actually paid a visit to him last week in San Diego. 
He's he's too nice to call anyone out, but he believes he's he's worthy of a top five opponent. You certainly fit fit that bolt that mold. And are you someone who considers him the greatest bantamweight of all time to date? I would uh, I would say so. I mean, they count as strike force wins, right? For the UFC, I don't see how you can't count the WC wins when he's pretty much fighting those same guys when he came over. You know, so I would say so. I mean, the guys did so much for the sport in terms of um, building it in the beginning stages, the little men in blue. That's um, That would be a fight I would love to have at some point. You know, I've called him out multiple times. He's he's ignored me. Um, and the same thing, with, I know Cheeto called him out a bunch too. And he was like, you know, I, I'm looking to only fight up. And now Cheeto's ranked above him, called him out again, say, hey, if you want it this time, come get it. So... I, I understand Don's position. He's the he's the the grandfather of the the, the division, and uh, he only wants the big fights right now at this point, which makes sense. He's earned that right, um, but eventually you got to fight, you know. So um, I don't know if it's gonna be me. He's, I think he's got to fight one more. Maybe I think the, Marab would be a good one. Marab or even Aldo. They said that Marab was. They were trying to make that that fight, you know, Marab and and uh, Cruz. I'd love that fight, right? That'd be a fun fight. Yeah. I would love that fight. No one really wants to fight Marab. You haven't heard anybody? (laughs) How is Marab? That is the the weird thing to me, too. No one brings up his name. Yeah. And they should. Yeah. Yeah, we have... a very dangerous fight for anybody. Yeah, very underrated. I mean, I don't know who else Cruz is going to fight. Song Yadong? I know he ain't ain't trying to go back that far. So, I mean, he's got Vera, he's got Marab, or Jose Aldo. So, I mean, this division right now is insane. Like... I, I look back at it, like step back, and I just go, "This is crazy to even like wrap my head around that I'm sitting at the top, which is like something I never. I mean, you thought it could happen, but it's it's such a hard thing to accomplish. I feel like because um, every time I got close to winning something like wrestling in the counties or trying to get to the state tournament or trying to win um, the NCAA's, you know, always coming up short. So this was like attainable, but not really. But now that it's actually happened, it's kind of like, yo, this." kind of surreal it's kind of kind of wild is it how you envisioned it to be like I, I don't know I you know my mind and perspective has changed so much since when I first got in as a young kid you know I, I thought about the partying making you know meeting all these girls and doing all these crazy things like that's what I thought it was gonna be I'm 32 years old now I'm just like I just want to hang out with good people and my people and that's that's really it but out of everybody that has been calling you out who intrigues you the most I don't know. Um, I guess the biggest one that everyone seems to be talking about is TJ. I think that's the, the biggest seller right now. I mean, Sayudo's he's done great things, but at the same time, he's been gone for two years. He fought Cruz on his way out. I'm like, dude, you ha-, and you fought Marlon. I'm like, yeah, you were the first one to beat Marlon. Um, I would have loved to have had that rematch back then, but it is what it is. He beat a killer, and then he beat Cruz and retired. So I'm like... I- yeah, you did good, but at the same time, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I feel like there was more for him to do before just vacating the belt like that. What's been the best part about retirement, if that even exists for you? Because we just brought up Cejudo. He's retired. He had the itch to come back. You're completely done, huh? Uh, or no? I don't know. I know I, you can't like say I'm definitely you know, done. But, yeah, I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing. It was just... It, being a part of this camp was just awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, good to be in the gym training, everything. Not getting too crazy. I don't want to get hit. You know what I mean? I don't want to get hit anymore. I'm done with that. But, uh, yeah. Busy selling houses and properties That's I've it. seen, yeah. Yeah, I've been busy. Very busy doing that. 
So it keeps me keeps me busy. That's good. What do you think of this market? Have you watched how these interest oh rates gosh, continue to explode? Insane. It's, it's absolutely scary. insane. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Right now, the mar- it, it's still strong. You know, I feel like people are trying to get in now because the rates are they're anticipating going up a, a couple more times, you know. So who knows how how high these rates are going to go. So everybody's trying to get in now or forever hold your peace kind of thing, you know. They're getting close to 6% interest right here in Vegas right now for houses. Oof. Yeah. I got a 2.75. <laughs> Damn, you're lucky. Yeah, I think uh, I got like the same on one of my houses too. It's, Keep that. Wow. Just got to wait for the election for things to come down unless something catastrophic happens before then, right? Well, I don't think you're not touching... 2.75 2.5 it's you know you're not refinancing anything you're just letting that ride it's like free money yeah historically though you know even like six percent is not that crazy i've been hearing stories about you know in the, in the 80s 14 percent stuff 14. like that you know yeah, and that's like just the way it, then, that was yeah. that was what it was you know i know people that bought oh, houses at that at that time it was the the interest rates were that high so in the grand scheme of history six percent is not that crazy it's higher than two percent i mean we were spoiled for so long you know but i think uh it's going to be an interesting fall winter to see once these rates go up how the market shifts and goes from being so such a seller's market to what whatever it will be you know and then inflation you add inflation into that whole mix the prices are still going up you could you know it's like supply and demand is more less supply the price goes up but with inflation the prices might still go up even if there's uh you know more inventory so it's gonna be interesting yeah i don't know i wanted to buy another house but i'm not paying what they're having out right now so I'm buying just it wait. here i don't know yet i kind of want to have a, like a beachfront property where i can kind of vacation out to still rent make money but at the same time something that we can go to enjoy Let's open these up, right? So you guys are staring at me. just celebrated your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. This is still the yeah. victory lap for you. This is what? Are we two weeks now or three weeks out from the victory? I think three. Three, yeah. And you're still going strong. When 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 do you cut this off? Because we're still – is this the back end of the victory parade? Listen, 13 months is a long time, and uh, I think uh, – I don't know. I want to yeah, enjoy my time a little bit longer. Too. Probably June. We'll, we'll share that. Okay. We did. I did work out Saturday because this Japanese fighter Kai Asakura, mm-hmm. um, Ryzen. I think he was the Ryzen champion at a point. Very tough Japanese fighter. Very popular. He's leaving May 12. So I, I told him I was like, yeah, I'm not training right now. But then I was like, okay, maybe this Saturday I can wake up and come do something. This was after Hakusan, waking up hungover. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> the my God. was at Hakusan until right? 5 a.m. And then the next day he uh, gets in there sparring. <sighs> sparring. I was like, Aljo, you, you made it to the gym this morning? That's dedication. I slept all day. <laughs> Aljo goes, yeah, you know, I went and they got me doing a round. So then I did a half a round of wrestling. Then we drilled a little bit. And then I sparred. I go, you sparred? Yeah. What the heck? Wait, what time does Hakusan close? Uh, usually like four-ish. They, they left it open for you. We were there. Well, they were still playing music after Tiger left, so we were still hanging out, just having a good time. Um, but, yeah, maybe June, like, I'll actually start, like, really training. I want to just give my body a break, man. All the rehab, PT stuff, and the two, three training camps, start, stop, start, stop. 
takes a toll on you, man. I feel like I was training, training, and training with no like end goal in sight. Like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. That's what it started to feel like. And then I, I honestly started to think I might end up retiring. Um, but I'm glad I was able to to make the walk again. And that's why I was pretty emotional, like get on the, the scale because I'm like, dude, I thought this would never happen again, and I thought that was it. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad I was able to make that walk. And um, I give training a little bit of a break for now. That word, that R word, retirement, like when did you overcome that feeling? So you had that feeling of retirement. When did that go away? Uh, like I said about my, my mind, sometimes you have, I think like everybody though, we all have like these, these moments of doubt kind of thing, like second guessing ourselves. And I've had it a couple of times, but then after I kind of like just get away from everything a little bit, just give my mind a little bit of a time to kind of just reset and then kind of just regroup and think about the goals again like what are we trying to accomplish here and then seeing if we're actually like getting any type of traction and I was like all right just give it another week give it another week let's see what happens we're getting a little bit better we're getting a little bit stronger and uh see if this comeback is actually going to be a real thing or is we're just wasting time here but to clarify like now retirement isn't even on your radar right oh no 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 okay no, no. I, you know, it was crazy. I did want to retire at 32. When I first got in, I wrote my goals out. It was like 30, 32. I was like, I thought I was going to win the belt by like 24. <laughs> got into the UFC at 24. And I thought by 32, I would have defended it like 10 times and retired. But that didn't happen. <laughs> so, you know, now it's just kind of reassess. And uh, I don't know. I got. I think I got a couple more good fights in me. I, I want to try to hit that 21 club. If I could do that, that I feel like that would be a huge feat because not many people – are able to do that it's a hard thing to do um there's very few people who have 20 wins in the ufc i'm just i'm just trying to submit my name in uh it wins in total uh, i think 13 it should be 13 getting up there yeah and then we'll see we'll see if if the desire is still there cutting down to 135 is not fun so we'll see at some point maybe i have to go up and then we'll see the next few fights how everything shakes out and maybe Rob's the number one contender, and he fights for the belt, and I, I'm going up to 45. We'll see. This past weekend, Rob Font, Cheeto Vera. Did that oh, fight yeah, go the way you, you expected it oh to God. go? I didn't know which way it was going to go because I know Font missed weight, and usually with the, the percentages, the guys that miss weight normally win. Yes. So when he came out like that on fire in round one, I was like. He looked good in that first round. He yeah. Was it only 20% of his purse that he had to give over to Cheeto's team? I think so. They might have negotiated for more, but 20% at that level with the stakes are so high, like, nah, man, you got to cough up a lot more than that. Main event, too. Yeah, if you miss away, I think that it's got to be a harsher. It's got to, you got to really, you should almost be like losing going into the fight, and then you have to win just to get your show money or something like that. You know what I mean? Especially at the level of like what, get, two top seven guys. Zero, you should get zero. Until if you win, then you get maybe your show money, and the, your opponent should get everything. Like it, it, it's, it really should be a loss. Like if you miss weight, you should lose the fight, because that's the that's you agreed to make weight. You miss weight, it's like, the the fight shouldn't even happen in wrestling. You miss weight, you're the number one seed going into the NCAA wrestling tournament. You miss weight, you don't compete. You, that's it. Olympics, you miss weight, that's it. You're done. This is, you know, it's a entertainment sport, so they got to put on the show. The show must go on, so that there there has to be, uh, it's got to be something's got to do for this missing weight. It's just, it's uh, 
at this level is unacceptable. But he looked good in that first round. He did. He did. Yeah. But I just think Cheeto's versatility and striking, that's, that's what showed over the course of five rounds. Yeah, and that's why I said the difference would be because Font primarily just boxes, and you got Cheeto who's long also and can <laughs> kick the way he staring at me. Let's do it. He does a good job with Cheers. that. Yeah. Long live the champ, you know? <laughs> Kicks and knees, man. I always say guys that can kick, they're like special because it's just, you're not used to seeing kicks coming at you the way you are with punches. So to train for that, to find someone who can kick as well as your opponent might be able to kick question mark kicks, front kicks up the middle. Like no one likes being kicked. When you see people get kicked in training, you see them like close their eyes, try to get out of the way, or they'll just eat it and they're very uncomfortable. Like kicking is a very, like I when I have to fight someone who kicks heavy, I'm just like a oh, bro. I really don't want to deal with this. And I I can only imagine because I kick a lot. So I know it's probably like the most annoying thing that someone's gonna spam kicks like a front kicks like a like a jab and it's just crushing your forearms, crushing your it's not a yeah. Versatility for Cheeto won him that fight. And um that shell defense was actually pretty good. I feel like that was the best he's used it. And uh, I thought he did a pretty damn good job. Hey, remember when TJ Dillashaw kicked you? Really hard. Yeah, yeah. I took a leg kick from T.J. Dillashaw. Yeah. How was Years that? ago. Yeah, it tore my uh, my meniscus. Just no. couldn't height difference a little bit. But that was actually the first. Uh, he was the first MMA fighter I ever interviewed. It's yeah. so funny how everything comes full circle. Oh, wow. He ended up fighting uh, Cody Garbrandt that second fight. That was the first time I covered a UFC event. It's always a fan. He won that fight. Henry beat Demetrius Johnson that fight. Then they ended up fighting at flyweight. And uh, it's funny how everything goes full circle. And now here he is. He's probably your next opponent. Or Henry's probably your next opponent. One of those two guys is likely your next opponent, if I had a yeah. guess. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think Shelby was actually just asking, when do I want to get back? But I don't know. I'm not really thinking about that. I just told um, my manager, just tell him, like, when's the next big card? Because we could sit and talk about it and the next big card, then we could see which one I could get on because I'm not looking to just get back because you need a filler fight like you did with me right. in October. That was not cool because now you threw me under the bus and made me look like an asshole when I wasn't even clear to fight. You know, so, um, and the fans read the headlines and then I'm automatically the bad guy. So, it, it, I don't know. This freaking guy, nothing, <laughs> just choom, you know, goes right past him. And I'm just like, these guys, these people are crazy. I just can't believe you take the time to respond to everybody on Twitter. Like, you oh, take the time insane. out of your day to respond but to people. Anyone talking crap. Skin. Like, you don't let it get to you. Nah. Nah, it's that, crazy. That's crazy. You, you can't let people control your happiness that you've never met. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> if, if Al says something to me, that's a little bit more personable. Like, that's different, you know? If you said something, that's more, that's, I'll take that a lot more offensively. Like, even when I'm talking shit to Ariel, when I'm calling him out, like, Dude, I, I actually have like interactions with you off of air. Like right. you know, so when you say certain things, it kinda rubs me the wrong way. Like right. that's more personable to me than and like a McCarthy versus some Joe Schmo I don't like that Schmo. Was great. <laughs> <laughs> I like the reference. So yeah, some random that I don't know from a keyboard from God knows where doing what. Probably circle jerking himself right now. Hundred percent, but I don't even think it's worth taking the time to even respond to those people that you don't know. I understand the John McCarthy's, I understand the Ariels or myself, yeah. anyone that you know, like you just said. But for that random Joe Schmo out in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, that just absolutely hates you because they're a big Pewter Yawn fan and thought he beat you. 
Like, why even waste the time? Well, I feel like they don't think that we're real people sometimes. Yeah. I think that they see us, but they don't really think that, like... And then, and then the worst part is when they go rent-free. I'm like, no, dude, check my timeline. I I, <laughs> I comment to just dude. about everybody. Yeah. If I have the time, I, I engage. You know, if I don't... Like, that's part of the job also, I guess. So for me, I've always been like that since the regional circuit as an amateur mm-hmm. you know posting pictures posting doing my own self-vlogging as an amateur coming up the ranks and sharing content interacting with people from my colleges and stuff like friends trying to get them to like come out you know so i've always been like engaging with people on social media from even way back then on myspace and uh oh yeah myspace, MySpace. yeah myspace tom tom where is that guy where is I tom know. right now Tom's doing. and elon musk just bought twitter oh is that official I yeah, think, I think it is. I believe yeah. it is. Oh, great. Now free speech. <laughs> Make free speech great again. <laughs> what a life. What a crazy world we live in. What a yeah. world, right? What a world. Twitter's like the most valuable thing in the world right now. Just social media in general, man. Yeah. Just just the way this thing's headed. Like, you came in here. You, you're going to be putting some behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, you got your YouTube yeah, channel. YouTube. You create yeah. content as well. I mean, it's just, it's just, I could do a little better job with that, but we can all do a little bit better job. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I tell that to Helen all the time. We could always be better. But then at the same time, I'm like, a lot of people, they, so much with the content. I know so many people that are super happy and successful and they just don't even have social media. So it's like what, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's a balance. And if you want to get it, if you, if it's your thing, it's your thing. If it's not, you know, I don't think a lot of people are very, focused on the social media and I I hate social media I'm only on it is the schmo I don't have it for myself if I wasn't the schmo I would never have social media that's actually genius so you don't really have social media not for myself it's only for the character it's only for a business to make money yeah Yeah. and I know you guys are business guys so you completely understand that Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and that's what you gotta do sometimes but that's like everybody I think most people are like that they have like their even if it's your real name like that's your social media, like it's that's their schmo, you know what I mean? It's like that's not really who they are. A lot of people, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they have like a different social media uh, persona, yeah. Yeah. right? And you I know, feel like they're peop- good at social and, media. And I, I feel like there's a lot of people that feel pressure that they have to post all the time or maintain a certain image online. And if they don't feel that way, they just get all these negative feelings and their life turns completely upside down. Oh, no, for sure. I feel it sometimes. I'm like, just, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just want to like escape social media, you know, just have a good time. But don't you yeah. feel like it's easier now that you're not like in the fighting pool as first to being out of the fighting pool as a UFC fighter? Do you think it's harder or worse for you right now or easier or harder for you right now? Uh, well, you hear so many people now that I'm in the real estate pretty much full time got that going on you need to be on social media you gotta do this for business it's like you know it's a lot of pressure some people you know it's like some people think you see the people that are you know always on social media you think they're doing so good it's like are they really you don't really know you know that's true or it's like you don't know how they're really feeling inside. Like yeah, they can yeah. make a post that they're so happy, but they're I miserable. I see some people and I'm like, this guy's got it all figured out. Yeah. Like how do you get to that level where you just have it all figured out always and you're just like spewing out, making advice to everybody all the time and it's like, do you, do, show me the little 
negativity in your life. Like, show me, like, a battle that you're going within yourself. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's not always uphill. Like, you definitely get knocked down a couple times, and then you work your way back up. And I think that's why people relate to us, because, like, just even talking about, like, self-personal things that we had to deal with in, like, adversity. Like, you know how they do, like, the thrill and the agony? Yeah. Like, I actually really enjoy that, because you get to see the other side of the coin because sometimes you only see the, the glamorous stuff and it's nice to see fighters that are willing to like ex accept that they lost and kind of uh, show that side of them a, a little bit because most of the time like like you guys said like not everyone's like willing to get on social media and really put things out there so when you get to see like the behind the scenes like kind of like it's peeling the uh, the layers back on the uh, the onion you know so you get to really see that person for who they are and it's more relatable than the person who's always positive I'm like dude has it never rained in your city like shut ever? Shut up, like, dude. That shit's crazy. You know? Tell him out. Like, yeah. Dude, shut up. It's so it, great, right? Come on. Right. Give these guys a little, give everybody on your following a little, uh, I'm having a tough day today. We got to freaking wake up and get this done when I don't want to do it when I'm freaking, yeah. you know, my neck, whatever. You have an injury, you have whatever, you know? Like Aljo's, yeah. he's, he doesn't care. He's out there. So many fighters, like, they don't even... They won't even mention the negative stuff. They'll just, you know, put on this uh, front, you know, that everything's great and whatever. And Aljo tells it how it is. How it is. So it's, uh, yeah, I think that's it's important for the for the world. To it's see huge. Authenticity. When was the last time you ever saw a negative comment or post from The Rock? Everything he just posts oh, is yeah. just positivity and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like his, his world is sunshine and rainbows. Has anyone seven. ever seen yeah. the negative side of The Rock? That's actually a very do valid Do you think point? that The no. Rock, what do you think like the craziest thing he's, he's got to freak out about something? You know what I mean? I just find his situation very, you very unique. He's, he's, a, he's like business partners with his ex-wife, right? Is that a I real thing? So, yeah. like, I don't know how you balance that. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's hard enough for me to balance business with my and everything's that, good. Right? Everything's it's great. It's not always great. It's. I mean, no, of course. What do you mean it's not always? No, I, I'm being authentic. Just yeah. like, but we're not on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard level. Don't oh, worry. Have right. you guys been following that? <laughs> no, I couldn't. That's just too much for me. A very little bit. I don't know. It did. He's a character, though. It he feels like, like something that I shouldn't be. <laughs> nobody should. Like, who, what the fuck? And <laughs> it caught my attention when uh, she brought it out of me when. I found out she took a shit on, on his, his bed. bed. <laughs> Who the fuck? Yeah. Does I had to Google that? it. Yeah. I Who don't know. does that? Yeah. I don't know. How do you stand there? And then apparently, you know, she's having sex with dudes with him in the bathroom in the same house that he's paying the rent for, or he owns, or paying the mortgage for, whatever it is. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Well, then. It's just a comedy show, and her lawyer is her lawyer. Oh just, yeah. But the guy is incompetent compared. To, I mean. For the yeah. level he's at, I don't think he knows what's going on. She should have hired better. <laughs> yeah, for how much she took like from and He's gonna like come out looking. From what I'm following, I don't know really too much. I'm not too much into it, but he looks like an absolute superstar. He's just like laughing at the questions. He's like, "Are you kidding me? Like, what? What is this even about? I don't even know what it's about." I don't, I don't get it. I mean, anytime you're in a situation when you're married to a chick that's two decades younger than you, there's going to yeah. be a level of disconnect on some sort of level. Yeah, like shitting in the bed. <laughs> some disconnect right there. Right before she went to Coachella, <laughs> too, right? She, she shits on the bed and then goes and parties with her friends in Coachella. It's like, go roll Who around does in that? that. 
Is that actually what happened? I believe she was on her way to Coachella. That's what the yeah. uh, <laughs> the security guard said in the testimony. Again, I'm not is too much. Is this like a civil law? Is she gonna get make money out of this? Well, this is a defamation defamation lawsuit. So I think he's suing her. There might be counter lawsuits too. Yeah. But like, he didn't get the sixth film in Pirates of the Caribbean. They haven't yeah. made it yet. But he's just lost opportunities to make money in potential films because of just there's an op-ed piece in the yeah. New York Post. Yeah, and maybe a like yeah. lost those, those like as a wife beater and all that type of stuff. Like just damaging his reputation like yeah. he doesn't treat women well and who knows right but you got to get the truth out there and his word versus hers her word testimonies here it's this is a big ordeal but so you've been following but not really <laughs> because it always fucking happens <laughs> in hollywood it, it's right? more some interesting serious than shit going on in the world and this is yeah. what everyone's focused on of literally pun intended, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. right well, we go we go from the pan- <laughs> we go from the pandemic right then we go to this war from russia ukraine then we johnny. go to johnny depp yeah like and this is what dominates the, the headlines the uh epstein what's her name it was that oh, one? Yeah, yes, but but that wasn't even there. like a Giselle, Giselle, yeah, yeah. Giselle, <laughs> Maxwell. Yeah, I just know the last names. Yeah, yeah. But we talked. That was like a private thing. They didn't have yeah. video cameras and Why stuff not? like that. What the hell? We can't Good keep point. talking. I gotta, Too much I money involved. Oh, gotta take a leak. Yeah, so we, no. <laughs> We're talking about poop and then poop. Uh, <laughs> wanted to ask you too, real quick. We'll just sneak in a fight question in here too. Uh, your former opponent, Dan Hooker. He made the stop to 145. I know I just pivoted right back to fighting. He's now going back to 155 or says, shout out to Submission Radio. They spoke to him recently. So I actually just saw that. that you, he was what, going back to 155. Yeah, what do you make of that? He could, I mean, I think he could do whatever he wants to do. He's right there all the time. He's like, a, you know, he's a dog. He's freaking tough. So I think 145, he's a big dude. He was bigger than me at one fifty five. I know one fifty five. He looked like it looked like a one forty five. I looked like a, a, a weight class below him. When yeah. I fought him. Um, he's talented. He's good. He could do whatever. He, you know. I think if he just focuses on being the biggest, strongest one fifty five er, it's a great weight class for him. Maybe even one. Who knows? One seventy. He's got the frame for a one seventy pounder. I don't know. You know, cutting weight sometimes. People have different some some guys they do really good if they just don't even cut weight you know they go in there fully hydrated strong focused more on the fight than the weight cut I think going down to 145 is probably it, it probably takes a lot of his energy mental physical energy to make the weight if he's 155 170 now he's just focusing on being the best fighter he can work on you know all the things that he needs to work on instead of worrying about cutting weight. So I think 155 is probably a better weight class for him. And you think that 145, that weight cut against Arnold Allen in London, like affected his chin, his his overall, you know, just psyche and morale physic- from a physical standpoint? It definitely could have. It could have also just been Arnold Allen's freaking good. Yeah. And he got caught with a punch that could happen the fight could have won a million different ways. Maybe he goes down to 145 and wins that fight and then goes on a run. Who the hell knows? You know what I mean? So I think I think he was probably just a tough opponent. Things just didn't work out. He probably spent a lot of energy mentally, physically making the weight. What about the title picture this weekend? Charles Oliveira and Justin Whoa, Gaethje. That's going to be a good one. I don't even know. 
I don't even know. It's like two extremes, which way that fight can go. Yeah. From a takedown to getting submitted to just sending this guy to the Neptunes. A couple of years ago, I'd be like, Gaethje's winning that fight. He's like tougher. He's whatever. There was a few fights where Oliveira, he missed weight. He had like a real period where he was like kind of like out there in outer space. He was missing weight. He would be winning a fight and then a little bit of adversity. He'd almost like quit. fold. He'd quit. Against Felder, he definitely quit. was looking like a superstar. Right. And then there was a point where it he had his back and he fell off his back and it was just like, I'm done. Get me out of here. But you haven't seen that. He had against Chandler. I was going to say, what Chandler did to him yeah. in the first round and how he came back in the second round, that was a huge turning point, I yeah. feel like, in his entire career. For sure. What was so, the fight before that? Who did he fight before that? Uh, well, he oh. fought Kevin Lee. It was like that March 14th fight the day after in the Brazil. world shutdown yeah. in Brazil. Yeah. or the It was the last fight before the Jacksonville stuff in the pandemic. Yeah. Kevin Lee, someone you fought too. Good friend of mine. Your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who just beat Diego Sanchez recently in the uh, Eagle FC. Now Diego Sanchez is boxing Dan Hardy. Yeah, what the hell is that? What a life. What, <laughs> what, a, what a world. Yeah. Listen, man, I hope I never go down that path. I just want to be done. Like, and then Cowboy Cerrone against Joe Lozano. What a great fight. What a great yeah, fight. Yeah. Two guys good. up there in age, legends of the sport. It's a fun fight. This card this weekend is great. It I is. Know. Awesome, awesome card. Uh, I forget what I was looking at. There was they put They broke it down like... The main card has this many wins, this many uh -huh. fights, this many wins, this many bonuses. There's 99 bonuses on the main card. They've got 99 bonuses between everybody on the main card. Like, this is going to be crazy. Well, you have Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. That's Ferguson's, he hasn't been looking great. Chandler. Who needs this fight more, Ferguson or Chandler? We're talking Chandler. about. Okay. Chandler? Why? Chandler. He came in very, very hot, man, and in my opinion, he's had fun, exciting fights, but he hasn't delivered in the sense of, like, it's cool to entertain, but you, you still got to get wins in order to stick around, and I think um, for him, he I think he, I think he kind of realizes that a little bit. Like, he wants to go out there and still have fun, but I think he's going to do it a little bit more calculated this time around. What about you? What about who, need, who who needs this fight more? Oh, uh, I mean they both pretty. Much uh, yeah, I think I it's know, like they both need this. There's a there's chance the losers out of the like, UFC. There's yeah. a chance. Exactly. Well, I don't know about. I there's a say chance. That. I'm not saying or it's going to happen. Retiring for Ferguson yeah. and Chandler maybe getting cut. I think. But Ferguson, like the guy's fought everybody. Everybody. The last couple of fights he's lost, but who's he fought? He's fought everybody. If he loses to Chandler, maybe give the guy a little. Yeah, I don't know if he should be fighting Michael Chandler right now. <laughs> How did you feel about him yeah. not waiting for the Khabib fight and fighting oh, yeah. Gaethje for the interim oh. title fight at the Vice Star Arena? That honestly was that was a uh, that was like a pivotal point. He wins he wins that fight. He looks like a freaking you know. But he cut weight before that. He was like right. cut, yeah. he, sometimes the crazy can make you do superhuman things, but also. The crazy can hurt you, and I think that was it. Was like, you he wasn't fighting, and he cut weight, something like that. I remember yeah, looking at this. I was like, he was like, I'm cutting weight. I'm making this two weeks before the fight, or it might have been a week before, and then he fought Gaethje right after that. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Have a freaking a you, hamburger and chill the fuck out. Get some training in, and but but cutting that weight for no reason. It was a little. It was a long cold for. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. 
that it, cutting that type of weight takes a lot out of you. And Ferguson's not a small dude. You know, I, I, and it's tough because I like both guys. Both guys are like super cool. Meeting both guys in person, talking with them. Uh, I was texting with Ferguson one time. He just sent me a picture of his dog, which I thought was hilarious. It's like the most random thing. Just is a picture of my dog. <laughs> like, ah, it's a nice dog. <laughs> he comes off as crazy and whatever, but yeah, I think he's cool. there's something. He's very he's a lot smarter than people kind of like. Yeah, he's very you know, cerebral. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. we talked about social media. He's always posting like plants and and like yeah. growth and like. I like his positivity. I like his messaging because yeah. it's it's subtle. It's not forcing it down your throat. It's like you know he's out there working. He's just doing it in very, very unique ways. It's kind of like Batman. You know, he's kind of out there. He's training at night. Like he's hard to find. He's hard to track down. Yeah. Like I've been tracking him. Down. I've been, you know, we have a decent relationship with him. Hopefully we'll get to interview him this weekend. But he's hard to track down. He's yeah. very into himself. He's in his own world, and uh, it, it adds to the mystique. It's why he's Al Kakui. It's why he's got yeah. the I reputation. Could see that. That's cool, right? It's pretty cool how he does that. Yeah, because we've told him like we're willing to go to Big Bear and do runs with him, and it's um, you know, it's whatever whatever it's got to take. As a entrepreneur and independent media members that we are, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. But taking a, a leg kick from T.J. Dillashaw or, or uh. going to meet uh, Tony and. Kicking our shins on wooden planks and Big Bear, whatever it takes. Yeah. And he actually sent me a couple of his uh, wrestling shoes. So I have a couple of those oh, at my nice. house. Yeah. Have you ever been, have you ever gone to his academy? No, no. I don't know if I'm like built for that type of training. That training's <laughs> a little different. <laughs> it's definitely a little different. Well, well you're training. the champ now. I think uh, you could call your own shots for a lot of different things. <laughs> Do you have an appearance too, by the way, at the uh, Finley Toyota? Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That comes with being the champion, those perks? Uh, they actually sponsored me a car like for almost two years now at this point. And, um, there you go. Someone commented, was like, oh, the champ drives a Toyota. I was like, yeah, it's gas efficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, car. It's a nice yeah. freaking car. Like you throw that thing in reverse, it sounds like an alien. Like, <laughs> Which car? Heck? What is this? It's a Camry. Oh, nice. Yeah, those are I like, nice. Eco like now. Yeah, I had Eco a Camry. Boost. My Camry never made that noise. There's no type of setting for highway driving for EcoBoost. Like I don't know how to like. There's buttons on there. I just I just <laughs> drive, man. Reverse, neutral, park. Drive. That's and it's it. a free car. It's a free car. I just yeah. pay for insurance, so I'm just like I'm hanging That's out. That's great. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Well, it's nice that we live in a day and age where you don't have to use stick, right? Did you ever learn how to drive stick? No. Did that you ever drive stick? No, never. My father used to drive stick, but uh, he never taught me. I, I feel like right as I got into like driving, that was well, it was gone. You know. My neighbor growing up, Steve. Shout out to Steve Quasman. He used to Steve. manage BMWs at Canals BMW out in like. I don't know if it's Libertyville, Illinois, some some suburb of Chicago, but he would always have different cars he'd bring back. But he taught me how to drive stick when I was 15, 16 years old, and then uh, in college to make money. I used to valet drive, so I had to oh, know how to drive stick to, yeah. and park in the hills of Tucson, Arizona. I went to the University of Arizona, so always I used to valet drive for like rich women in the foothills. They used to have book clubs, so I would park like Rolls Royces, like wow. really, really nice vehicles. You ever, say, you ever bang one up a little bit? Dang it, Fortunately you know? not. Wow. Fortunately not. <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, I, knock on wood, but no, fortunately not. I would be the person that, <laughs> like I mess things up the first time I do things, mess them up, I would ding up a, a nice car if I, was, if I was trying to park it. I don't know. <laughs> it's nice, but those cash money, nice tips, it, it paid for all my alcohol in college. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you're going back this weekend. Uh, well, this to, is to Phoenix, like a, Scottsdale. This is going to be like a homecoming reunion for you. For for all my college friends, yes. Yeah. We, oh, are, yeah you, guys, you guys are going to be in Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to go out to Old Town Scottsdale? I'm debating it, man. That place is a zoo. It is a zoo. A great zoo to be at, but it's a it's a lot, man. It's like if Hollywood meets Vegas. It's a blend between the two worlds. At least Old Town Scottsdale is. Yeah. Those clubs, those day clubs, they have the pool parties just like here in Vegas. I feel like you could have a continuation of a birthday party there. I was I there like two a, weeks ago. It's a plan. For that bachelor party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Maddie's bachelor party, yeah. It was wild. Yeah, we're going to Sedona for the wedding. Yeah, I have a, I have a well, the weekend after. Have you ever been to Sedona? No. It's like Red Rocks. It's like uh, it's two hour. It's like a two hour drive from Phoenix. It's on the way towards Flagstaff. It's beautiful scenery out there. It's it's breathtaking. Like the rocks are literally red. It's like uh, have you been to the Grand Canyon? No, just the Red Rocks. That's really it. Yeah, I think it, it's a Not step above. Not people. And uh, Red Rock Amphitheater. Another hiking people. Hike I saw I saw the videos of you and Marab and, and yeah, hiking that's uh, true. Red Wasn't Rock. Wasn't he running up? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's different, that guy. We were at the pool the other day, and we're like, where's Marab? Yeah, where is Marab? We go, where's Marab? We look on Instagram, he's climbing a mountain with, <laughs> with Roman. <laughs> we, were like, we were like, where'd Marab go? We, oh, he left, we don't know, we just kind of vanished. And then we see him, He's run. he left the party to run the mountain. That's, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's Good dedication. Him, yeah. yeah. I his, his superpower is not drinking, not smoking. Like... If I could do that, I feel like things could be so much different, but like yeah. we'll hang out. I can't recover in the morning the way he can. He can, like he sleeps in. I wake up early and that's my problem. Like I'll stay up all night, but I'll be up the crack of dawn still like just wide awake, ready to go. But for him, he, he's just an animal. Like the guy's an energizer bunny. Like I can't, I can't have a night of drinking then wake up in the morning and do half the shit he does. I'm like, yo bro, I'm like, uh, Nah, my body's not going to cooperate with me to do all that type of stuff right now. To go hiking after drinking, like, nah, bro. I'm just going to kick my feet up right here at this beach. And kind of Did you see chill. him jump in the pool at the video he just posted? He jumped in the pool at the uh, stadium swim. Stadium swim. So he, we're sitting there, and I don't know how it got brought up, whether some, who could swim across. You know, the stadium swims. Yeah. It's a huge pool. Yeah. So... Rob's like, yeah, I could do it. I could. You're all right. <laughs> so we're filming it. He gets up on the. There's like a. Like the rope. It's like a, like a little the arm rail. Yeah, arm rail. He uh. climbs up on top of it, jumps in, and swims. It's the funniest video because <laughs> the security guards are walking down with him. He's not. You're not supposed to jump oh. in, obviously. Yeah. And then you're not supposed to swim laps. It's three feet deep. So. <laughs> This kid, this, this kid from the Republic of Georgia jumps in. Sw he's swimming past. There's like two lesbian girls making out. <laughs> and he's just, he's swimming underneath the water past. You see them just like go past. There's people looking at him like, what the heck's going on? The security's following him. They didn't get it on the... On the, on the on the video, but the security is following him, and I'm like, he doesn't speak English. He's from he's from Georgia, and they do you know they don't. There's no freaking rules there. They can jump in the water if they want. So he gets out of the and he did it. He swam the whole distance wow. underwater. Crazy. 
Damn. What was what was the culture shock like for you guys when you guys went to Georgia with him? I know I know you had a championship reception. You're doing seminars. He called you like a Swanee, or they called Swan- you like Swanee. Swanee but that's a good Swanetti. term. Yeah, it's just like like a village, like uh, someone from Swanetti is a Swanee. So they called me Swanee Man, Sterliani from um, from Swanetti, Swanee Man. They got such a cool. It's such a cool thing over there. What it's did they so call cool. you? They called me out. <laughs> <laughs> Just called me out. That's it. That's it. But yeah, no, it was. What a crazy experience to go over there, right? Yeah. Who Culture are, shock. What a cool sport yeah. this is. That freaking, you know, two guys from Long Island go to the Republic of Georgia. I didn't even know what the hell. I didn't even know what that was. I go, you know. It's like all, Atlanta. Oh, <laughs> yeah, is this kid from Georgia? Why doesn't he speak English? Yeah. <laughs> when we first met him, you know what I mean? And then he didn't speak English. So we've gotten to know him. We've gotten to know him over the years better as he's learning how to speak English better. You know oh, what man. I mean? So he was just like, he didn't really speak any English when we first met him. We don't even like know that guy. That's like a totally different guy. That You know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like so much different now. And then as he learns English more, we're starting to get like who he really is. The guy's hysterical. Yeah. Absolutely hysterical. His personality is great. Like now that we can like really communicate with him the way that we wish we could have like way back then. But yeah, we call him Evil Marab. This is like the villainous Marab now, because now he can speak English and he can really speak his mind, so you know exactly what he's thinking. Definitely understand that too. I can only imagine. He doesn't. That's the thing too. Is there's so many great people, so many great personalities in the sport that you mentioned that. Because fighting's universal and not everybody can speak English the way that we know how to speak English, like the fans are missing out and people are missing out. But these people are truly colorful people. I even feel like someone like Hamza Chamayab, who's continuously learning English, people are continuously seeing his personality evolve. And if people could see the side of Marab that you guys see and even that we get glimpses of before the camera's on, I think uh, the fandom that he would have, the support he would have, would only skyrocket. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's a great guy, man. The guy who take his shirt off his own back to give it to you. So, um, really good dude. I couldn't interview him without him just bringing up how much credit he gives to you yeah. throughout the entire <laughs> I process. I love the brotherhood. The that brotherhood. You guys have. The uh, Long Island Stud Muffins. Are you guys still referring to yourself as Long Island Stud Muffins? <laughs> I think that was just me saying that. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. How come you guys didn't come to that uh, Mayweather charity basketball game the other night? Dude, the nights were just wild. Oh, yeah. We. You gotta. You guys could play in the game. I'll get you yeah. guys to play in the game. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing. It's just the fact, like, my fiance's out here. She has to go back for work, and then she has to get ready for back for uh, for school. So Nursing. I just wanted to make sure she was, yeah, having a good time and taking advantage of her. Like, t- they have like a twelve day break. Okay. And then they're right back into school. Understood. Well, appreciate you guys coming on and giving us the time. One more shot at least. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not I, for I'm you. She's gonna drive. Red, yeah. She can't handle it. Uh, don't blame There's me. There's no tapping out. Don't tap out your bank account. This is Iaquinta commercial right there. Chris Weidman commercial. Yeah, how is Chris doing? <laughs> He's good. Yeah. He's good. He's seems to he was just in Colombia doing the uh stem, stem cell. cells again. How is that? It is it's intense. You've done that? Yeah, done? I went to Colombia and how I did, had did you like it? I did. I did, and I'm starting to see the results now. I'm starting to feel a little better. Just a little, though? That's all I need. I, oh, okay. I'm not trying to, you know. He's been wanting to do that 
Right. I want to do it for my left hip. My left hip. I mean, I'm just from like I've done up to like a half Ironman, like triathlon stuff. And I told her if she makes the uh, Olympic trials, I'll do an Ironman. Yeah. So I just just from being in the saddle and biking so much, I just feel like being in that position, it just makes your hips so tight. And I was thinking about doing that for my left hip, the stem cells. Oh, 100 percent. It can't hurt. I mean, there's certain injuries. My knees are shot. Yeah. Give me one, two percent. That's freaking miracle. You know what I mean? Like the doctors, I'm having cert. I have surgeons look at my knees and they're like, "Oh yeah, your knees look great on the images," and then uh, they're definitely not great. So a little bit of, of relief, and they say it takes a little while for once you get these injections for it to really kick in. Like six months. Like six months at yeah. least, right? Yeah. So I had. I mean, they do some. They do some really good stuff down there, and it's, it's uh. It's a little different medicine down there. I feel like they take a little bit more time. They here it's very you go into a doctor's office. A lot of the doctors that I've been to, they already think they know what's wrong with you, and they kind of have their there. They really ask questions. They really so I don't know what's going on with your hip, but uh, I don't know if you've seen doctors here. I feel like here doctors be like, oh, you got this. We saw this on the image. They read the report. This is what's wrong with your hip. And they just kind of like label you as that. But down there, they really ask questions. They say, what hurts you? What does this? What? And they, they'll do a, an examination on you and they really take their time. That was the biggest thing. And then the, the, the stem cells, when they, when they inject you, um, you're, I, was, I was in bad shape for, with my knees. I had both my knees injected and I was barely walking. A lot, of, a lot of the guys, there were some people down there, they were, war vet, they were veterans and everything and, and we were sitting around the table all talking about our injuries. And here I'm talking about like my knees from fighting compared to this guy talking about his injuries. And he was kind of being a little bit more quiet about it. And, I, and you could just tell this guy's been through some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? So I felt, I felt bad complaining about my injuries. Once I'm seeing this guy, he's like his neck, his back. He was jumping out of helicopters. Fuck. Like who the hell knows? It was like real war stuff, you know? Right. So I, I went in there thinking I had some problems. Yeah, and and then you see what these guys are going through, and it it helps them. It helps them a lot. Well, that's how I feel complaining about any problems I would have talking to people like you guys. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's like, yeah. It's well. It's all. I would say it can always be worse. Yeah, it can always be worse for sure. Worse. How's your neck? Oh, great. You're good. Night okay, and day. Cool. Yeah, yeah. like because you were talking about how you didn't have the same feeling in down your. Was it your right arm? Left left arm. Left arm. Uh, muscle atrophy in my tricep, and uh, just overall weakness. But I'm I'm back. I'm happy. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> See how fast he took Peter on the back. I know, and yeah. the triangle you had on him too for those two rounds. It's like he spent so much energy trying to be on the defense in that fight. Because I went and rewatched that fight. I was just listening to you guys talk and everything like that too. And I definitely, you know, in live moment, I could see in that time because I. You know, I was watching the fight. I could see it going either way, yep. but watching it the second time, especially watching what you did in those two rounds and controlling him, and even so, him uh, being more on the defense than on the offense throughout the entire five rounds, I definitely have you winning that fight. But what you did to him, though, in those two rounds, when you took the back, when you were on his back, and there was nowhere for him to go. Yeah. And it was the entire time him on the defense and you on the offense, and I think that was Claire's night and day, and I think that was definitive in that fight. That's my big takeaway is you having the control in that fight. Yeah. 
I'm just glad we can move past this guy. Yeah. 24 months of thinking this guy. I'm I'm so good on that. Like, on to the next man. I'm just glad. I'm just glad the work paid off, and uh, that's all you could do. At the end of the day, put the time in, and just see what happens. Because Aljo would still be on his back. That, that's why I said if that if that <laughs> bell doesn't ring, I'm not going anywhere. Like, right. Like it was two tight. Fuck. Like, you're gonna have to give up or get choked out. Like, yeah. Or I'm gonna get to a dominant position and be able to finish the fight. So whether you fight TJ or you fight Henry, I like all of you guys. I have no dog in the fight. I have no skin in the game. I'm glad that all of you guys have been champions. All of you guys have legacies. Let the best men win. I have no favorites. It's a crazy division. It's crazy. It's, it's the best. I think it's yeah. the deepest division in combat sports. I mean, you got all these former champions that are still relatively in their prime. Six of them. I think it's six. Six at guys at Bantamweight have been champions. Like Al- Aldo, I know it was featherweight, but he's still a champion, right? Yeah, yeah. TJ Dillashaw, you got yourself, you got Henry, Dominic, Cruz. Dominic Cruz, um, who, Peter Young. Yeah, that's six. <laughs> that's wow. six guys. That's insane. Murderers Row. Murderers Row. Insane. Name me another division that's got six guys with gold straps. Good. Good luck. <laughs> Not even like that. I'm just saying, good luck in this division. Like, there's so many good guys. I and I say it like. I know I'm in a great position, but I do know anyone could be champ on any given day because that's just how talented everybody is at this weight. But what do you, what do you think of the and, Gar- sh- and Garbrandt? And Garbrandt yes. seven is coming back to 135. Seven, yeah. holy shit! How do we forget about Cody? Seven, can't think of that in any other division. But what do you think of the approach of someone like Sugar Sean O'Malley, who's building his name through the social media route and got the fan? He knows what he's doing. And he's exciting to watch. His strike he's definitely got the skill. He's ranked now. Yeah. Uh what do you think of someone like that in this sport? I'm not talking about him necessarily because he's in your division, but just how do you think of that approach in combat sports? I I, I think he's smart, genius. I mean, that's kind of what I want to do, take my time, build my name up, get some good wins over some on ranked opponents where I could capitalize on my Grappling, but still get some time to work my stand-ups in real time. And then things got ugly. I could take the fight down to the ground. But, you know, I had to jump into the top ten, like literally my third UFC fight. For him, he's being able to take his time this entire trek, um, fighting Paiva, who should not have been ranked in the first place. But beat Paiva, who is ranked. He's now ranked. I I think he's tough. I think he's smart. Um, He's doing it the right way. He's doing it his way on his terms. He's making good money. And he's, use, he's utilizing the UFC platform and parlaying that into other opportunities for him and opportunities that he enjoys because he smokes. Not, everyone, not every company is going to get behind an athlete that smokes weed. But for him, he's doing what he wants to. He's enjoying life, playing video games, smoking weed, and punching people. I mean, what's for him, what's better than that? That's a right. win all the way around. But I think when it comes to the smoking weed thing, like – I think we've proven by now in 2022. Oh, yeah. It's not like a physical advantage, it's not a disadvantage, but it's better to smoke weed than popping pain pills. Like, think yes. of a guy like Brett Favre. How many pain pills do you think that guy had to pop in order to to keep his record of starting in all the Packers games, being the starting quarterback in the game? Like, I think it's a much better approach to use that than it is popping pills. Yeah, 100. percent I think so. We get it though. You smoke weed. Yeah, like, we fucking get yeah. it. You don't have to smoke well, while his... you're hitting pads, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, fucking sure. smoked and hit pads. Like, you don't have to smoke while we get it. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah. We get it. He's you're so like, cool. But yeah, like, you do. You're so cool. You're, you're hitting so pads cool. while. You... But actually, 
I don't mind cool. it. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind it. Like, I can't. I can't say I've never. He's entertaining. I've when I was smoking weed. You know, <laughs> not bad. Yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> I mean, there's guys that literally fight high. There, there. It's been. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's everybody it's, has it's a prominent, different, but it's yeah. been. It's everybody happened. Everybody has a different tolerance. Weed, uh, tolerance. It affects people differently. Some people they're the lazy smokers. They smoke and they just lazy. Some people they smoke and. They just freaking get things done. That's me. I'll clean my whole house. I'll and I'll check twenty emails. I forget that I left the stove on. Go down, make food. I do a million things. You know, some people. That's you know, that's it's a yeah. different uh, like zone almost. But I I couldn't smoke. I mean, I've trained high before, like jujitsu. Never like sparring. I know my my brother does it. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. <sighs> like, I can never do something like that. But I do think. It is a little bit of an advantage for a fight situation if it's doing things like calming your nerves or making things slow down for you. Like then we're not competing under the same exact uh, mind frame and all that. Like us waking up every day, just waking up, like that's how we should compete. Outside of that, I feel like anything that changes that, then it makes it different and we're not fighting under the same um, circumstances, if that makes sense. But I don't care if you want to smoke before, like, Friday, Thursday, like, who gives a shit? I don't give a shit about that. But especially if it's going to numb the pain for you during the fight, it's also an advantage, you know? So I think it's I think it's another way of looking at it. But other than that, man, I like to think if you smoke weed while we're training or fighting, like, I should, should have the upper hand. That's the way my brain works. Some but I could be completely different. wrong. Some people, if they take a couple shots, you they, know, they take two golden. shots, maybe a couple shots, and then they go out there and compete. I don't know. Football players would do that shit too. They yeah. take shots before games and stuff. Basketball. I'm sure players. John Jones has done some shit. A hundred percent. I'm sure his brother Chandler Jones. There. Yeah. Just getting ready for a game. But they need to do that. Like I feel like some people need to. They need to like have an edge. At you know, the, they gotta have an edge. At the end of the day, we're all humans. Like yeah. what what floats for someone might sink for the other person. And it yep. doesn't make a difference. And who are you to be judgmental? It, at the end of the day, it's all about W's and it's all about L's. That's how you guys get paid. That's how you guys get known. And it doesn't matter how you get there. As long as you're not cheating, as long yep. as you're in the rule book, I know how you feel about cheating. And, and you've been pretty vocal about TJ Dillashaw, rightfully so. Yep. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's about wins and losses. And that's how you're defined. But on a side note, um, what do you think about what Jorge did to Colby? Like, Ooh. especially after they already fought. Ooh. And I know you fought Jorge it's before. Kind of, as well. It's just funny to me. And I like Jorge, but it's just like, yo, bro, you, you, that's that's like, I'm super cool with him, super cordial. Like, that's not like, we're not like best friends, but it's just like, as a fan, I just go, bro, you had 25 minutes. That can't be like your. Thing that you're I, and I get it like yeah. outside like talking shit like fight him outside in the streets okay but to go sucker punch somebody after like you just lost 25 minutes to them it's like that's what makes it weird like I understand the trash talk um, portion of it but I think you should still make it known like hey man we still got a problem anytime I see you it's on site okay that's cool but to like run up on somebody I think that's a little it's kind of a little little low blow and I don't want to like like again like I get the street code but it's a little low. It's a little low. What do you think? Yeah, you talk about someone's kids. It's like, 
it might be a free game. I don't know. Yeah. If you talk about family, I, you might get sucker punched. <laughs> I'm a huge fucking nerd, and I was actually just reading about this from the legal uh, standpoint last night, too. Yeah. But Colby is claiming, too, in part of the lawsuit, brain damage. Yeah. And you're talking about someone who's a professional fighter for oh a living, who's taking shots in the head continuously. Uh-huh. How do you differentiate the brain damage from That's, the shots no, well, that Orhe took? This is hysterical right now. I, don't, I think it. Brain damage? 100% he got brain damage from that. Of course, he got punched in the head. Yeah, you get punched hilarious. in the head, like he got rattled. You get brain yeah. damage in sparring. Yeah. So that's potentially why it gets if you get sucker punched, it's a lot worse. You, you don't see it coming. If you get sucker punched. That's brain. You're da- not you yeah. brain damage. Like, and it was apparently is the back of the head, yeah. which is the worst. That's it's illegal horrible. in MMA it's to punch someone in the back of the head. Gotcha. Did you see the photo? The tooth is the worst. I, I, the least of his worries. I right. Think the more is. I don't know. You ever chipped your tooth before? I have. That shit is not nice. Drinking yeah, anything, can, eating that. anything. Yeah, but how many of you guys have veneers too? Look at Anthony Linehart Smith. He's got a nice, nice grill. Look at Conor McGregor's grill. I get like the the chills. Like you drink something and you just like. You never had that? Like when you get your tooth um, chipped and you try to eat something, like the sensations that go through the nerves yeah, are just yeah. like... Yeah, but that's fixable. Crazy. I'm too, yeah, I'm too biased when it comes... My dad practiced dentistry. My dad was a dentist for 30 years before he retired, so I'm too biased on the teeth front. But yeah, it's, it's a fucked up game. And he said his Rolex. Damage 15 grand of damage and then I saw his attorney saying like you gotta prove it's a real Rolex there's fake parts so it's a full oh, X they called no. it yeah it's it's uh, it's drama man you're talking about guys who were best friends at one point that's yeah. crazy he was in, how it he was in Masvidal's corner when I fought yeah. Masvidal yes uh, oh my gosh and was yeah, he pretty vocal true. was he pretty vocal yeah. in the corner when, too when they announced <gasps> the decision they raised my hand and you just see Colby like Oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Shit. So you literally like witnessed them as best friends. Yeah, yeah. They were. I was like, who the fuck is this fucking dork? And on short, and and for what it's worth, for <laughs> now the fans. I know he's a freaking. T- I didn't know who he was at the right. time. He was just kind of coming up. Sure. I was like, I was like, who is this guy acting like he knows what the fuck the score was? You know what I mean? And and that was, and then he put on the whole shtick. You know, yeah. and now you respect the freaking guy. I like the guy. I yeah. think he's hysterical. And, and for yeah. for all those new newbie fans too, Ray Janelle, man, short short notice fight, stepping up. Remember the whole to bus Habib incident, New too. New York. You and Habib, man. Imagine what you would have done with the full training camp with Habib Narmagomedov, twenty nine and zero. I mean, just saying. Yeah. You know it. You know it. It would have been a much different fight. Much different fight. One day's notice when a guy was training for 25 minutes versus a guy who's training for 15 minutes versus a striker versus a grappler. It's completely his his game plan doesn't change. Ours does, you know. But it, you know it is what it is kind of thing. But. And especially because we've seen what Habib has done in submitting like Justin Gaethje, that's the Dustin thing. Poirier, and that's yeah. what makes this weekend so intriguing for me. It's like. The long, if this fight is on its feet, I do like Gaethje striking. This fight yeah. goes on the mats, and I know wrestling's got he's got the wrestling. I like, I like Olvera's got the most submissions in UFC history. Box, and you down. saw the freedom that Habib had with the submission game with Gaethje. It's like I feel like Olvera's path to victory is submission. But Olvera's knocked out freaking. He has. He yeah. knocked down Chandler with a. Yeah. He did. Not even, you know what I mean? Like, he's got power now. And but how great was that fight between Chandler and Gaethje? 
And you yeah, saw yeah. you saw Gaethje taking on the chin Chandler's best best shots. Yeah. I mean, again, everyone's the, the 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 chin life, the shelf life for a fighter, it's always different. You know, you always leave a piece of you inside the octagon, but uh, that's what makes it so fascinating. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Chandler fought half that fight with his hands down by his waist, which is so crazy to me. Just like open target, but then when he'll land, he will land big. But then when he get landed on. It was even bigger because it was just like no defense whatsoever. Versus Gaethje kind of rolling with the punches a little bit, even if the like it did stick, he was still able to move and kind of roll with the punches a bit. Where I feel like Chandler was kind of square and just, oh, just took it right on the chin. Chandler could have probably fought that one a little smarter. A, a lot smarter, man. <laughs> In Gaethje, hindsight, I think that's his. He fell into Gaethje's wheelhouse. Like that's his thing. That craziness is where Gaethje. That's where he's gonna win the fight. I don't think Oliveira is going there. I don't think he's going to make it a crazy. I don't think it's going to be a crazy fight. You know what I mean? Like like a, a barn burner, knock out, knock him out, drag him kind of fight. I think Oliveira probably a little bit more uh, cerebral approach to the fight. Who do you got? Oh, it. I honestly, this is like a fifty-fifty. I don't even know. <laughs> nah, I can't pick. I mean, I like both guys. I mean, I know Chandler, not Chandler. I know Gaethje a little bit more than uh, Dubronx, but the jujitsu side of me says like he's gonna do the same thing Khabib did. But I can see him getting sent to the Neptunes the same way he got caught with uh, Chandler early in the first round. The same thing could happen with Gaethje. I just don't see if 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 Gaethje connects with him. I don't see him being. Other than relentless, I can see him just capitalizing on it and just going for the kill. He's not gonna. He's gonna be. He's definitely more calculated than he was early in his career. But if if he smells blood, if he tastes blood, I don't see him letting out. Yeah. I don't see it at all. But at the same time, with Oliveira's craftiness, and I I can't bet against Oliveira for what he's done, how he's overcome against Poirier, how he's overcome against Chandler, and what he did against Kevin Lee and everything. Your best friend, by the way. There's so many different things. Your best friend. <laughs> I'm friends with everybody. I mean, I don't have any enemies. At least smoke. I hope. I, I I I'm just here to entertain. I like Kevin Lee. Yeah, I like him. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. No. So at the end of the day, it's it's going to be who can impose their will first more calculated and uh wants it more who's more who's going to be the dog that's why i don't get how people bet on fights i'm like there's so much going on to bet on a fight like how do you just know like what type of person is going to show up that day right this one is so boom one or the other though i feel like some fights like all right this guy's got a little bit of edge on the stand-up the wrestling the jujitsu something yeah you can kind of tell this one it's like all right we know. Gaethje can freaking kick his legs off. Can Oliveira do something to negate that? If Oliveira gets a body lock, Gaethje's on the ground. I feel like he's almost like non-existent. He doesn't even – he doesn't enjoy learning about the ground game. It seems like Oliveira is just light years ahead, right? Well, did you think that Oliveira would have beaten Poirier? I did because of the submission game. I thought that was the edge because I'm like the same thing. Like Gaethje, Dustin, their kryptonite is grappling. What about? It's not happening anymore. But I always thought 
Khabib versus Oliveira would be, be the so sickest yeah. fight ever. I now know. it's it'd be Islam. The only way to Islam draw Khabib out of retirement is if somebody beats, beats Islam. Islam definitively. I think I don't know. I think Islam. He's right now. He's probably like on more of a role than I think he probably gives. Like Khabib was kind of like. This guy Islam, I'm gonna give him. You know, he's kind of like the guy now. For sure. You know? But Islam has been knocked out before. Yeah. But. RDA was it RDA? No, he uh, didn't get the fight at RDA. It was very early on in the career. Yes. Yeah. I forgot who knocked him out. Was it Bilal? Uh, not a. Uh, it was. Uh, he uh, trains in LA with with. Uh, Adriano Martins. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, wow. And then Cowboy killed him. Yeah. This. It's a crazy the sport with that he- with that uh, head kick. What that guy? I thought that guy was gonna go on a tear, and kind of just damn. It's a brutal it's crazy. sport, man. Yeah, that's what makes it it's interesting. A it's a very tough sport, and both of you guys have the great base, the great background in wrestling, for uh, the foundation, for the toughness, for the life lessons, and in it for the long haul. Uh, the wrestling is definitely. Definitely learning that at a young age is super important. For sure. I don't know. When are you guys heading to Arizona? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're driving after this podcast. Well, yeah. What are you guys going to do the whole time? Uh, well, my parents live there, so oh, it's like kind of like... While you're driving, like, what are you going to do? You uh, listen to podcasts? You, yeah. yeah. Are you going to listen to the schmo? Are you going to listen to this interview? Actually, we're probably... Yeah. I'm going to... She'll probably listen to this podcast and edit this podcast while I listen to probably... Uh, a Joe Rogan podcast. Most he always of does everywhere. Yeah, I yeah. look up to him. I look up to him. He's I'm actually going back on. And Are you going back on the, his when? podcast? June 1st. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's awesome. a life goal for me to one day make it to the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> he said he was looking forward to coming here more, though. Oh. <laughs> there it is. At the end of the day, he's a pioneer. He mm-hmm. does it himself, yeah. doesn't rely on a network or any type of media company to do his shit, and I'm the same way, you know? Life is what you make it. Why not make it your own, right? 100%. Love it. You guys want another shot? All right, we'll do no. one more. We'll do yeah. one more yeah. shot. Do one with us. Uh, <laughs> do we'll wrap shot. it up. Well, we're going to take a shot. Uh, damn, we appreciate you guys coming on. Final message for Asian L. We'll start with you. Buy, sell, rent anywhere in the world. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, where can they hit you up? Uh, Instagram, Twitter. You know how to find me. It's not too hard to get in touch with people nowadays. True. I'm selling houses all around the country, helping people find their dream homes, sell their dream homes, make a lot of money. Airbnb. What is that? That's just some smoke. I was just uh, some fumes. The Blackberry Sorry, sage. I filled it too full. That's that shit. And uh, you, Aljamain, I think uh, Funk Master. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but might as well just uh, say it one more time. Yeah, Funk Master MMA on all socials. Um, hanging out today in Vegas. Going to be at the uh, Toyota Finley. And tomorrow we are heading to Phoenix. And we'll be there for UFC 274, hanging out with the fans. Um, I'm actually working on my acting career. I just finally got a manager. Nice. So, nice. Thank you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I got some downtime. I want to take advantage of at least the next two months before I really start, like, kicking in training. Like, I'm going to start training, but I want to make sure I can do that type of stuff while just doing, like, some simple things and then really start to pick it up and, and really dissect who the next opponent is going to be and, and go from there. 
So we'll see you in Hollywood movies soon. That would be 50 nice. Cent. 50 Power, cent? get him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Power Universe, what up? Love it. Uh, power. Hey, shout out to my first job in corporate America, Stars, the movie channel. Is that oh, yeah. Power yeah, and Stars? Yeah, yeah. yeah Stars. Beverly Hills. Cheers. Cheers. Episode, we'll call this 100. Yeah. We, we went out of place. We'll see you next time. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.